whispers to the heart. And uh, I'm not, probably not going to finish this sermon where I wanted to go exactly all, but we'll go where God tells us to go. And it's about, it's going to deal with a lot of hope, a lot of issues with hope. You know, without hope, we're in trouble. Amen? Uh, and the world is fooled by it. Satan does a wonderful job of fooling them about hope. Uh, they really don't have a, a clear understanding of what hope is. And today, uh, hopefully as we go through this, uh, you'll start to, more than just understand it, you'll start to, to, to see that, the, the, that we need to be praying for the people that do not know Jesus Christ as you know them. Because they are without hope. They have a false hope, like I said, but they are without hope. And whispers to the heart. It's, it's something, you know, any, all of you out here, I know that somewhere, whether it's a conviction or whether it's a, this great glory that God has just poured upon you or, or where it's a prayer or whatever, reading your Bible or, or spending time in meditation with God, whatever it might be, you, you just kind of know there's this whisper. It's not a, it's not a, a voice, so it's just a, a heart that knows that God is speaking to you. Has everybody been through that sometime in your life? And you, you don't have to be a child of God. I mean, sometimes when conviction comes upon you where you do, you're doing something you're not, you should be doing, you know there's something in you that says that's not right. That's not right. Now, we, we can look at man's laws and all that kind of thing. Well, it comes from that. No, no, no. It comes from God has planted in every one of us to know right from wrong, to know what sin is. You may not want to uh, live outside of sin. You may... You may enjoy your sin, but you still know somewhere in the late night, somewhere that whisper comes to you and says, it's just not right. Everybody say something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Isn't it an amazing thing how, how much God loves us to, to allow that to take place in our lives? You say, well, I don't know. That's pretty painful. It can be. It can be if you don't correct it. God's antidote to our pain is his hope for us. Amen? His antidote to our pain is hope. Is hope. We're going to be starting in Lamentations. And uh, I was going to just let you guys read a few verses. But uh, was I looking out over the Smoky Mountains yesterday morning and praying and the fog and all that beautiful stuff, it just kind of came alive to me a little bit. And I don't know whether it's going to come alive to me this morning or not. We're going to find out. Amen? Isn't God good that way? See, I like for God just to make things come alive to me. When, when these things come alive to you, that's God. That's what whispers to the heart. You know, it, you can read a verse many, many times. And it's just those words on paper. But when God says, pay attention. Pay attention. I got something glorious for you. Man, it comes alive. It comes alive. And that's what God wants to do in, in our lives continually. Sometimes it could be a whisper and sometimes it can be a very loud voice. But those whispers are special. Dear Heavenly Fathers, we come before you this morning, Lord. We ask you to empower us with the Holy Spirit that our lives are touched and changed through this message, Father. But Lord, the ones out here that may have no idea what this whisper is, that you would clarify that for them today. Would you call us, Father? Call us deep into your word, deep into a love that we've never seen before.
Father, talk to us today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go ahead, please. I'm going to start in verse 21 before we go there before I have you guys read this. In verse 21, this is Lamentations, this is Jeremiah. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. And he's talking about some issues that are taking place with Jerusalem and things. And, and he, he says, this I recall to my mind. And no matter what's taking place in your life, no matter how desperate you seem to be, no matter how hidden from everything else in the world, you know, we have Pam, boy, Pam's not here this morning, but her brother died the other day. And I can tell you that can take you into a, into a steamroll down a hill that can bring depression and all kinds of grief. But there's ways out of that. Amen? Amen. God's given us wonderful ways out of that. We deal with the mourning that God's put in our hearts and he whispers to us in those times to mourn for things like that. But we do not have to live in it. A child of God does not have to live in a, in a, in a state of depression. It says... This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. And I'm, going to, I'm just going to read these today. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed with the things around us, with the destructions, because I'm listening to God. I'm paying attention to God. He whispers to me. He shouts to me. He allows me to see his glory, no matter if it's in a mountain or if it's in a sea or if it's in somebody else's smile. He allows me to see his glory if we pay attention. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. We're not consumed with this world because his compassion fell not. Everybody read, because his compassion fell not. Do you believe that? It's his compassion. It says it does not fail. No matter if the walls of Jerusalem, no matter if the temple is being torn down, no matter if your church is falling apart, no matter if your life is falling apart, God fails not. The world around us may fail. Hope may seem to disappear, but God will never fail us. You've got to get that in your heart and in your mind and believe it. In the most destructive times in your life, you've got to believe that. Because his compassion upon your life, upon your situation, fails not. Isn't that a powerful, a powerful phrase out of the Word of God? Did that just come alive to you? Some of you are going through all kinds of issues in your life. Some of you are so personal, you're hiding them from everybody. And you're thinking there's no way out. I'm telling you there's a way out, and his name is Jesus. Amen? Amen. He's the way out. He's always been the way out. They are new every morning. It's compassion that fails not every morning. God wants to bring you a new thing. He wants to whisper to you and say, there is hope in me. Hope in Christ alone. Great is your faithfulness. His faithfulness. He's always faithful to us. Go ahead, please. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. And that's, that's what I'm talking about, that whisper that whispers to your soul. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I, everybody repeat that. Therefore I hope in him. What's our hope in? Everybody say God. It's not in your situation. It's not in the surroundings of your life. It's not in anything but God. 
And if your hope lies anywhere else, your life will have struggles. Amen? You will have depression. You will have grief. You will turn to many different things in this world because your hope is not lying in the precious Lord Savior. You've allowed it to go somewhere else besides that. And confusion and Satan steps in and it starts to destroy you and tear you apart. Little piece by here, little piece by there. There the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I have hope in Him. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him. I love that. The Lord, somebody read that for me. The Lord is what? What is He? Wait. Quit trying to get in front of God. Wait on Him. If he's your hope, then allow his hope to overpower your life. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. There's your key to the soul who seeks him. In verse 26 it says, It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. One more time. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. I bet not too many of you go to Lamentations and read it very often. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful book. The theme behind that is a complete destruction and some of the worst things that can happen to a country, to God's people. Yet these wonderful words are written down right in the middle of it. You would do good to head to Lamentations and read for a while. Go ahead, please. Whispers to the heart. See this storm rising up, and the, but the sea looks so beautiful, and the clouds are kind of dark. And I sent this out. If you don't get my text messages, or if you don't get on Facebook and read these things, you're welcome to have them. I send them out sometimes Tuesday through Friday, most of the time Tuesday through Friday, and sometimes even on Saturdays. And I'll send these out, and, and, and I get a lot of feedback from it. A lot of people help them get up in the bed in the mornings and, and get going. So... Whispers to the heart. Have you ever listened? This is one of the things I wrote this week. Have you ever listened to the whispers of God in the midst of the night? Everybody just raise your hand if you have. Well, the rest of you need to get to listening. <laughs> Maybe you need to quit snoring and get a little more quiet. Listen to God. Have you ever listened to the whispers of God in the midst of the night? Or as a storm, or as a storm starts to form? I mean, those things in your life that, that start to, to come upon your life, and you see it. You see that tornado way out in the distance. You see it. You see it, and all of a sudden you say, well, I've got to get closer to God. There's so many things coming after me, and they, th if this starts to hit me, if I'm not right with God, I'm in trouble. And you look around, you see the beauty of that ocean, just calm and clean and just wonderful, but that storm is still there, and if it heads your way, are you prepared? Where's your hope? Have you ever listened to the whispers of God in the midst of the night or has seen the storm or as the storm starts to form? Perhaps you waited till the darkness overcame, but I tell you the truth, his whispers calm the soul. Why in the world do we wait until the storm hits us before we cry out to God? My goodness, we're, we're missing some of the most beautiful parts of our life if we go to God before the storms, amen? amen. Then the storms, they may come, 
but you can overcome them through the love of God. Quit waiting for the storms to get to your knees, folks. Get to your knees before the storms, because they're coming. Listen in anticipation. Listen to that whispers of God in anticipation that he's going to talk to you. Every experience you have with God is from God. Amen? And everything that God wants to do in your life will come through experiences, through the word of God, through your hope and through your love. But if you're not paying attention to God, if you're not even striving to get a portion of that from God, then how are you going to understand these things when they come after you? Listen in anticipation. Pray without doubt. James tells us that in the book of James. And you will hear the whispers to the heart. Go ahead, please. The courtroom. I was in a courtroom this week. And you're saying, what in the world does it have whispers to the heart? Well, we'll get to that. I got a joke for you. Everybody ready for a joke? I haven't told a joke in a long time. Yeah, there's a reason for that. I don't tell them very good. Now there's this guy. This man, he comes up to the, to this, he's at a, at a service and the pre, it, was a, it was a preacher and he was a televangelist and a healing preacher, you know. And he comes up to him and he says, preacher. He says, preacher. My hearing. My hearing. And the preacher grabs a hold of him. This, this crab squeezes his ears, shaking his head. And tries to throw him back. And the guy's just standing there. And he takes his hands off his ears. He says, can you hear? And he says, uh, he says, how's the hearing? Can you hear? And he says, I don't know. It's next week. The courtroom. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Remove. Now you know why I don't tell jokes. I haven't had a skit in a while. You guys need to pray for skits and stuff. See, I only do those things when God gives them to me. And, and, and hum, I, God has some, he pours this stuff into me. And I haven't had a skit in a long time. I'm ready to, to do some skits. So uh, pray. If you want some skits, pray about it. Let's see where God takes us. Remove one's hope, and you remove the future. Everybody agree with that? You remove his hope, you remove the future. I'll tell you what, a person can have everything stripped away. When we look at the book of Job, we'll leave that. Can have everything stripped away, but that, there's that hope that still remains. There's many stories about prisoners of war that have that one thing. They have the hope that they're going to be released. They have hope in God that things are going to be okay. They have that one hope. There's nothing else around them, but they have that hope. And they, they grab a hold of that as if it's life. It's life. And it's that hope. Remove that hope, and there's no future. The awareness of one's guilt is like breathing through a thick fog, gasping for every breath. As I was in that courtroom, one of the, one of the, one of the things I realized is I don't know who's going to go in front of the judge. I don't know all this, but I find myself later on in front of that judge on behalf of someone else. But one of the things you could just see was most of these people in this courtroom, they're guilty. And guess what? Every single person in this courtroom is guilty. Amen? We are guilty. We're all guilty of sin. But you can just feel the air, just like thick fog. And everybody says, I hope the judge will have leniency on me. Oh, I hope, I hope, I hope. 
Because see, what their life is after that moment with the judge means everything. Amen? That moment with the judge, we have a judge called God. And every person is going to go and every person is going to bow down. And as children of God, we're going to a different, not the same kind of courtroom as the rest of the world, but we will still go. And judged on what we have done with the gifts he has given us. The awareness of one's guilt is like breathing through a thick fog, gasping for every breath. And fear comes upon you. Now, kind of, we're going to get into the white throne judgment in a little bit here, but can you imagine? Can you just imagine a courtroom on earth is just nothing compared to the throne room of God? Now, can you imagine going in front of God, knowing all the sins in your life, and you know the only hope you've got is that God changes his mind? But yet you also know he's not going to change it. Guilt whispers become a painful sigh, yet hope still exists. Back to the second principle. The awareness of one's guilt is like breathing through that thick fog. Can you imagine the white throne judgment? You say, what are you trying to scare us for? Because I want you praying for people that can't even imagine that. I want you praying for them. I want you to Ask God to put people in your life that you can tell them about Jesus Christ. If a church can't go there, if we're not doing those things, we're not a church. Guilt whispers become a painful sigh, yet hope still exists. You know you're guilty. You absolutely know it in that courtroom. You're guilty. And you know your name's going to be called. You absolutely know that name's going to be called. And when that name's called, your stomach starts to explode inside you. Now, a judge here on earth is nothing compared to a judge in heaven called our Lord and Savior. You're going to have an awareness of who God is at that time, who he truly is. And you're going to have an awareness of your sins. You're not going to be able to announce those sins, but he will. He has kept record of it. It's called books. It's written in Revelation. Yet whispers become a painful sigh, yet hope still exists. There's a judge with power so great that every hope the guilty has will be swallowed up in justice. Wow. Go ahead, please. Ecclesiastes, it says, I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. Verses as King Solomon wrote this, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. Go ahead, please. For surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. I read a sign this week, and it was from, I don't know, it was from people that know no better. They were proud of being, proud of being in their sin. And it says, I'm proud and I'm going to hell. Can you imagine that? Here in the United States of America, I'm proud and I'm going to hell. It was exact words from people living in sin. And it doesn't matter what the sin is. It doesn't matter. What matters is that a church needs to rise up and not condemn those people, but love them and help them through it. Amen? They are mocking God. They have no idea. They obviously don't believe 
in the white throne judgment. They obviously don't believe that there's even sin, and sin has to have a, atonement. They don't believe in those things, or those, those signs like that wouldn't be put in there. For surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. See, my hope is not cut off, amen? It's not cut off. I have hope in Christ. I have hope. I know. I understand. I love his promises. I live my life by his promises. My hope is not cut off. But the person that does not know God, does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, the day will come. They'll come before God and be judged, and their hope will be cut off. For surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. Go ahead, please. So, shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul. If you have found it, there is a prospect, and your hope will not be cut off. There it is again. Have you found it? Have you found Jesus Christ? Have you found that? Have you, are you listening to the whispers of your heart? Are you listening? Is your hope where it belongs? Is your hope in, in the next week's paycheck? Or is it the God that can give everything to you? Where's your hope? That's my, my biggest question for you today. Where does your hope lie? Is it in a, a, a judge here on earth? In a courtroom that, that may or may not go your way? Is that where your hope lies? Then you're in deep, deep trouble. Go ahead, please. Then I saw a great white throne. And in him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And the glory of God. I brought a candle up here today, and, and this is a little short one. I think that candle, if it could represent your hope. And you, you see that candle is getting short and burning down. And I, I, you chose that candle for a reason because our time's running out. It's running out. And I know you heard that all the time. But it's running out. You don't know if you have 30 seconds left or, or 30 years left. You don't know. But I can guarantee you time's running out. So I want you to understand. I want you to, when you walk out the doors today, I don't care who you are, I want you to understand where is your hope. And if it's not in the proper place, please don't walk out the doors until you get it in the right place according to God. Then I saw a great white throne because do you believe this is going to happen? Somebody tell me. Do you believe this is going to happen? Say something. Okay. Then I, then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from the, whose face the earth and heaven fled away. This is a powerful God. Amen. This is a righteous, holy God that we serve. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were open. Here's the books, not one book, but plural books, books of people that have not called out to the name of Jesus Christ, and not just called out, but truly have surrendered their life, truly are a part of God's family. And I saw the dead and the small and great standing before God, and the books were open. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. There's one book. I've preached on this before around here. There's one book against many books that tells us that the one book is smaller than the other books. Amen? Amen. One book. Your name must be in this book to have hope. If it's not in this book, you're being fooled by Satan in this world in a false hope that you surely will die in it. 
And I saw the dead, small and great. It doesn't matter who you are, amen? It doesn't matter who you are, what king, what politician, what president, what prime minister. It does not matter. Small and great. There may be a great king standing in front of you and a small, feeble person behind you. It doesn't matter at that time. You talk about the air being thick with guilt. And everybody's seeing this glory of God. They're watching everything that's taking place. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. Say it by, say, praise the Lord, my name's in the book of life. Can you say that? Praise the Lord, my name's in the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their what? Works. Dead, hopeless works. You know, one of the things I've noticed as I grow older I don't need as much as I used to need. I still like and want things, don't get me wrong. But as I keep growing older, I'm learning that I can get by with less. Used to be I wanted the big house and the big this and the big that. And back when I was a kid, the Lincoln Continentals were about 40 feet long and everybody wanted one. Some people did anyway. And you get older, you think, man, I'll just wreck that thing more and more. <laughs> it's like a motorhome. I've got to keep getting smaller motorhomes because I keep running into things. I don't need as much as I used to need. And the dead were judged according to their works and by the things which were written in the books. So every sin you've written down, every, everything of guilt. You know, we go in front of a judge today in this courtroom and we're going for him in this one particular thing, this one thing that you got caught at. And most of the time, people are just sorry they got caught. They're not so sorry that they did what they did. They're sorry they got caught at what they did, which is causing them all the problems. If I just hadn't got caught. Well, I'm going to tell you, everyone's going to get caught at that last breath. Amen? So they go in front of that judge, and they don't dare tell the judge anything else. Oh, if the judge knew everything else I'm doing, or everything else I have done, oh, they would never let me out. So you're just saying, I hope he just knows about this one thing. Just go one thing, judges. Let me off this one thing, and I'm going to make everything else perfect. Just wait and see. And as I stood in this week and tried to help, saying words for another person, we have a great Savior named Jesus going to stand in for us. Amen? He's going to stand in for us. And you know what? He's the only hope we've got. Amen? He's the only hope we've got because you've got Satan over here, a prosecutor that's going to say, he deserves everything you can give him, judge. Everything. Everything. If you had a humble Savior, says, no, no. No, no. He deserves what I died for. Life. In the abundance of heaven. Amen? In the kingdom of God. And if it wasn't for that wonderful Jesus stepping in for us, we would face God alone. With all our sin piled upon us, 
He said, well, why are you going here, Paul? Why are you going here? Why are you making everybody feel so bad? I gave the church a challenge last week to go out. And many of you, there's quite a few of you signed up on that paper. Jessica Daughtery is going to lead that, that battle cry up to go out just to the ball field and pass out water. Another person came up after the church and said, what about the, the vendors over there? I don't want to hurt them. I'm going to give the church a certain amount of money, whatever it takes, to make sure we pay the vendors for us giving out water so they're not hurt. Isn't that amazing? If I, if I give you a challenge and then I don't back it up with why we're going out, why I want to take this church into missions, then I'm not done with what God's called me to do. So I, I, I want to go to that ball field, but I want you to understand why you're going to the ball field. Because not just the parents, but those children that we love in this church, this church is children, 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 if you haven't noticed. Well, you know what? I, don't, I would like about 500 more children and about 1,000 or maybe 2,000 more people to take care of those children. <laughs> because that's where they're at. If the parents aren't in church, or if the parents, and some of them are, some of them are great, wonderful people of God, but many of them are not. If you know this community, then you know it's a dark community. If the parents are not in church, then their children don't stand a chance. A few of them God will pull out. Wouldn't you like to be the one that God uses to pull them out? Wouldn't you like to be the one that God uses to pull these parents away from the great white throne? You understand, when you're leading people to the Lord, when you're telling people about God, when you're communicating the, the good news along with the judgment, you're leading people away from this white throne judgment. You're leading them in a different direction, not just for the day, but for eternity. You are giving them a hope that is everlasting. Amen? It's an everlasting hope. It's not based upon what they're going to drink tonight. It's not based upon what their next paycheck is. It's far beyond that. Far beyond that. And church, you need to get your heart set. You need to listen to the whispers of God and get your heart set on the hope that God has for it because it is a wonderful hope. It is a glorious hope. And the dead were judged according to their works and by the things which were written in the books. I don't know what's written in the books. I understand what's in a courtroom on here on earth. I understand what people are guilty in and what's going to take place. But I don't understand the depravity of the hearts that are written in these books. Some of them are so deep and vile. When they put out a sign for the whole world to see that says, I'm proud to go to hell. Do you understand what kind of country we're living in? A dark country. And don't you dare say something against it. Or all hell comes upon you. It's a sad time we live. It's time the church rises. Amen? I don't need a politician to make me rise. I've got Jesus Christ. I've got the King of Kings. I've got the Lord of Lords. Why in the world do I need a politician? I don't. I've got Jesus Christ and so do you. You can defeat any enemy within you. You do not have to wait for the storm to come upon you. You do not have to wait for the tornado to tear you apart. He's right here. He's whispering to your heart. He says, I've got hope, an everlasting hope. Go ahead, please. 
eternity silence. And I want you to pay attention here. Eternity silence. There is a thief whose voice cannot, can drown out the sound of the whispers to the heart. It's death, sin. It can drown out the whispers to God to you. Because you start paying attention more to the, to the things of the world, more to this, the things that, that you think make you happy, and more to a, a hope, a false hope, than the true hope. And when it's too late to hear the whispers of God when that takes place, death, when it comes upon you, it's too late. A person that finds himself the white throne judgment and they find themselves where there's absolutely no hope after death. Amen? There is none. It's over. We should fear for them. On that particular, when anybody comes after you with, with this pride of sin, pride of, of ugliness and lostness and pride of false hope, don't be drawn into that world Satan is good at lifting up our pride and trying to draw us into a world we don't belong into. Our world is love, amen? It is to love them, not to be drawn in by their passions, but to sit back and say, oh my goodness, they're going to go to the front of God and they're going to face what they've done. Can you imagine the sign that God pulls out and it says, proud to go to hell? And there you go. All hope lost for eternity. I don't want that person in hell. Do they hate me? Yes, they do. That does not drive me. I don't want them there. Amen? Do I talk bad about it sometimes? Yeah, because it disgusts me. And it doesn't matter the sin. There's a thief whose voice can drown out the sound of the whispers to the heart. And when it's too late to hear the whispers of God, it's over. As you go out, and some of you more sign up for this to go out next door into the ball fields, if you'll put this in your heart, the ones that may spit on you, the ones that may tell you no thank you and give you a dirty look, don't walk away with your pride. Stand there and pray in love. Amen? And if your pride is so strong in you that God has not stripped you of that yet, if it's still there, then don't go. You need to get on your knees and get rid of that first, amen? They don't need your pride. They need your love. And when the world comes against us, the pride is what Satan will always use to say, yeah, you're a good Christian, aren't you? Look at you. See, they can say anything, and it's okay, but you cannot. That one slip of the tongue, and it's done, amen? You've got to be prayerful. Love them right where they're at. I think that's what Jesus did with us, wasn't it? Go ahead, please. How much time do I have? Just go to the, I'm not going to go with the Luke. Take Luke out. I'll use that another time. Go with Isaiah. Can you find it? There you go. For Shiloh cannot thank you. And that's, a, that's death, that's hell. It cannot thank you. There's no thank you in hell. Satan is not down there giving you high fives when you enter the gates, all right? Because see, he's so far down in the pit, you're not ever going to, he's so far down in there, him and his demon. They're down there in their feathers, different places in hell. He's way down there. He is down there. 
He's not giving you a high five. He's not saying, way to stick it to them Christians, man. You showed them, didn't you? <laughs> That's not happening. You're going to find yourself alone in the darkness of hell where hope does not exist. All your life, there's always been hope. All your life, no matter what takes place in your life, no matter if you've been in the courtroom, no matter if you've been in the, on, under the doctor's table, under a surgeon's table, there's been hope. There's been hope. There's always been hope. But at this point, there is no hope. It's gone. It's not, no longer anything in your vocabulary because you can't get past the pain. You can't get past the darkness. You can't get past never hearing the name of God again. Never even starting to see the glory of his creation. It's all gone. Death cannot praise you. Death cannot praise you. And those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your truth. Wow. That preacher just preached on hell. My goodness. <laughs> I hope it scares you enough to get you on your knees. And you people that are not going to go out to the ball field, you're not going to start them. That's okay. That's okay. But you can do one thing you can pray. It's the most powerful tool God's given us. You can pray. You can bring water and stack it up out there so they'll have plenty of things to take over there. You can do things. And maybe the next missions will be for you. See, I'd love to start to take this church out. Maybe to, who knows where, Kenya or, or maybe uh, Gary, Indiana. <laughs> A lot of places we could go. But if we can't get to the ball field, we can't get anywhere. And after seven years, it's time to do it. Amen? It's time to go. For Shiloh cannot thank you. Death cannot praise you. Those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your truth. The word of God is gone. Shut off. It's gone. It's, it's Never again to be heard. Your loved ones and friends and all the other ones that you think are going to go down and have party times with you, that's not going to happen. It's not. It's not. There's nothing waiting on you, nothing, but eternity's darkness without hope. If that can't give you a reason to go out and tell people about Jesus Christ and what he has done in your life, I don't know what can. Amen? So what am I saying today? What am I, what am I trying to express to you today? That you are blessed. You are blessed. You have been given hope for eternity. You have been given the grace and the mercies of God. He has poured them out upon your life. He was allowing you to, some of you, he's pulled out of the complete pits of darkness, of depravity. He has pulled you, literally pulled you out. And he's saying, I've done it because I love you. And once you understand the love that I have for you, will you please go out and share that love? Amen?
That's what I'm trying to tell you today. The words for the week. Brooke, you can come on up. What's the first word? Listening. There you go. Whispering. Go ahead, give it to listening to the whispers of God floods one soul with everlasting hope. The question is, are you listening? Are you listening? Are you? I, I would ask in each one of you, we start our spiritual studies tonight. Brent's going to lead that up and tonight. And I'm going to ask you, if you don't know what your gift is, maybe you ought to be here tonight. Because I'm telling you, you need to listen. You need to know these things to understand how God is going to work in your life. It's just not something random. It's not random. God's not a God of disorganization. He's a God of, of great organization. Look what he's put together. All creation. He's an organized God, and he's organized in your life. Question for the week. When was the last time you heard the whispers of God to your heart? Now I'm telling you, if you're not hearing something about God, when you open up that word of God, if you're not listening to him, there's something desperately wrong with you. Because he's talking. Amen? He's talking. He talks. He talks and he talks and he talks and he shows us and he shows us and he shows us. He shows us and he whispers continually. If you don't know these things, you're not experiencing God. And if you're not experiencing God, then what you go and tell other people is your own thoughts, your own abilities. But when you experience God and these whispers and this learning of who God is in your life, you're able to go out with power and authority that you can help people. The church's job is to help people. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I will give you. Amen? Church, rise up, will you please? Rise more than stand, but rise and go out in the power and authority of God. I'm going to open up these tables right now. The reason we do this is because I, I, I believe with all my heart that we need to get close to God. And sometimes getting close to God is in public, although we are alone when we get on the altar of God. I'm going to tell you, when you go to God, you're going to fall to your knees because you're going to see the glory and the majesty of God clear without any interruption of sin. What a glorious day that's going to be. Amen. You're going to have victory in your life. You're going to understand why you're a Christian, why you've called upon Jesus Christ. You don't have to worry about the white throne judgment. If you have cried out to him, and if you have meant business with him, you're a child of God. If you believe, if you believe in your heart, but if you're not listening to God and there's no whispers of God, what makes you think you believe? What makes you think you've got God in your life? there's no change in your life if nothing's happening in your life and fear is consuming your life 
and your hope is everywhere but God, what makes you think you've got Christ? Because I'm telling you, He's a God without fear. He's a God that can raise mountains. He's a God that can take a small church and change lives across the world. Amen? He's that kind of God. He has the power. He has the authority. And He's giving it to the church. He has given it to it 2,000 years ago. It's not His fault that this country has failed. It's our fault. Quit being the victims. Do not let your pride go into the world where it does not belong. It's a hard thing. But let the love of Christ open your heart with those whispers and say, do you know what hell is? Do you really want them there because they held up a sign? Does that disturb you that much? Or because they've done something that you can't deal with? Let God deal with it, not you. Amen? Church, as you go out, as we start to turn this church into a missions church, as God allows it, I don't know what God's going to do, but whatever He allows it to happen, you've got to be prepared. You've got to go know why you're going. This altar is a place to prepare your heart before you take communion. Before. Enjoy Christ today. Enjoy His love. If there's something deep, if that storm is coming and you've not heard the whispers of God in a while, here it is, folks. He's not going to hold it back. He doesn't want to hold it back. But He will not give you something that you're not prepared for. And He'll prepare you. But you've got to get down there with Him. That's why I believe the altar is so important. A lot of churches have no altar calls anymore. That's a thing of the past. That never worked. And they're not much of a church either. Come before Jesus Christ. Get your lives right. The most important thing we can do is be right before our Lord. Everything else will fall into place. That tornado will go the opposite way. And even if it does come, God's in the middle of it. I love you people. As long as I'm here, we're going to preach the Word of God with truth and heart. Join me, will you? Help people learn who Christ is. Bow down before Him today and be ready. In Jesus' name.
lost her brother Friday night. Um, there'll be a, a funeral here Tuesday between the hours of 10 and 2. His name was Jim. I, I did not know the man, but we'll be doing a funeral for him. 
so their family has gone, goes through, has gone through a lot of a lot of a lot of things over the last few years and this is another one so i ask you to pray for pam and it's her brother that there will be a softness to come to her in her morning time and uh also the announcements we have is uh the spiritual gift study tonight at six o'clock brent right um kingston surgery is coming up what do we start praying for kingston bill hobbs is in the hospital up at iu I don't have a whole lot of information on, on it. I, I'm struggling to talk to him. And uh, Easter's coming. Are you thinking about who you're going to invite? Been praying over that? Start doing it. You have guys have a good morning? Yeah. All right, I love you guys. Let's stand and we'll close. Bill Willis, you in here close?